What's cracking, everybody? Happy Sunday, 6 6 21, 4 46 p.m. Out here in my nice apartment here in uh, Champaign, Urbana, Illinois. Well, actually, it's Champaign. Um, and you know, yeah, you know, on Friday, I did not have time to make a new make a podcast. Well, obviously, I maybe could have slipped it in, but I had to do some work, had to move into this place, didn't get settled in until about 9 30. Had to do work, I was working till like 1 I'm sorry, 11 30, 11 45 ish. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a podcast on Saturday. But then yesterday, I was going to do my podcast. My boys were like, yo, I want to play Fortnite. And I downloaded Fortnite on my computer. I'm like, you know what? Why not take the day off? You know, make play some Fortnite, hang out with my friends virtually. Because <laughs> no, one, no one's here in Champaign. But, uh, you know, I've been reading a lot. You know, yesterday I did a lot of reading because I was uh, planning to do this podcast. And so I'm like, you know, why not just come up with one on Sunday? Because there, there's, there's a lot to talk about. You know, we got the whole jobs report. Um... And then we, we have the jobs report. And then, you know, we also have this new uh, tax, global minimum tax rate that I want to talk about. And then I even saw that Janet Yellen has the audacity to say higher interest rates would be good, would be a plus for the U.S. and the Fed. And, I mean, I don't know if she's, like, cooked out of her mind or uh, what's going on. But, uh, I mean, sure, I think higher interest rates are would be best for the U.S. 100%. But, you know... If you want to default on you know debt, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to make your uh, debt pay. You're not gonna be able to uh, follow through on your obligations because if you the interest rates start going up, the uh, the U.S. debt could skyrocket overnight, and you know we could just default on on our debt overnight because people are like, okay, why would I buy a U.S. Treasury? And so the whole thing is is either yeah we could keep we could have higher interest rates if you implement yield curve control. I mean I don't really know what she's thinking. Um, she says. I'm just going to, I mean, crap, I'm just going to get into the story right now, because I read this, and I was like, what the hell, what the hell is going on? She goes, and I quote, we've been fighting inflation that's too low, and interest rates that are too low for now a decade. We want them to go back to a normal interest rate environment, and if it helps, uh, if this helps to alleviate things, then it's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. So basically, what she's saying is, yes, yes, what we want is higher inflation, because it's, you know, we'll go back to a normal interest rate environment. And so reading that quote, reading that quote, what do I take from it? Well, I guess, I guess she's not worried about the debt and, ter- and servicing her, our, our, the U.S. debt because if we just have super, super high inflation, it'll pay for the debt. I mean, and she goes on to say, I didn't quote this, so I got to go back to the article. But she said, um, Yellen said that monetary policymakers can handle any potential rise in, in inflation if it sticks. I know... I know that world. They're very good. I don't believe they're going to screw it up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call BS on that. You know, once the cat is out of the bag on inflation, you know, uh, as I talked about this on many, many podcasts, it's just going to lead to a whole spiral effect of, oh my gosh, I need to go get all these goods because, you know, my dollars tomorrow are going to be worth a lot less. And then there's shortages of supplies. I mean, wanting to have high inflation, it's a, it's not as easy to control if you, is, is it, control inflation as you think. And if you want to control it, well, then you're going to have to hike interest rates, you know, 5 6%, right? Well, that's just right at the, right now today. You want to control inflation. If we did that, it would cause a mass wave of bankruptcies in the U.S. So I, I really don't know what she's saying. Um, I guess she's, you know, trying to just be a, a good policymaker, a good politician, a good BSer, as I like to say. I mean, because she's lying to you. She's just lying to you. Um <laughs> You know, we've been fighting inflation that's too low. Okay, but look, look at stock prices, okay? 
like, I, I guess, you know, stock prices do not do well during inflation, so that's very true. But we have asset price inflation um, since 2008 because of QE. You know, market's been on a ripper up, you know, 25% year over year. More than that, I think, now nowadays. I haven't really adjusted it. I, I, last time I did the math was in February. So that, it could, but it's about 25%. Average return is about 14. I talk about this all the time. It's like, that, that's inflation. And we look at, if, you know, the definition of inflation, increasing the money supply. That's inflation. Um, and so I don't really get what she's saying. You know, the stock market will capitulate if we go to, you know, a normal interest rate. You know, if we revert to the mean, interest rate should be about 4%, 4 or 5%. Um, yeah, that, that wouldn't be good for a lot of these, uh, stocks that can't even make a profit, you know, that have a super, super, super high amount of debt or super leverage up. Um, yeah. So I, excuse me, I could rant about that all day. I mean, I saw that quote and I'm just like, she, she just does not know. I mean, I don't think she knows what she's talking about. She either, she's either lying to us or is just smoking and, you know, yeah, I bet you she's. It's the. It's the probably maybe the first the the, the first uh, option rather than she's cooked. But although if she's cooked, that's pretty. That'd be pretty funny. But uh, next thing I want to talk about is this whole you know jobs number, and I don't, I'm gonna sort of pull it up because I never ha- I don't have the exact number in front of me. What you know what the uh, payrolls missed by? So let me see. Job. I'll just look up jobs results right now. Uh, jobs read results. Dang, I could even I could talk about the reverse repo. Uh, jobs report results. Alright. Alright. We added I gotta disable my ad blocker, man. Okay, let me restart the page. Alright, so we added five hundred and fifty-nine thousand jobs. We were supposed to add um, about 674,000 jobs. So it's a pretty big miss, I would say. Although, if you look at the unemployment rate, it fell from 6.1 to 5.8. And I'm going to get into why that happened, um, in a second here, but you know, the jobs missed and you know, what have we, what have, what has everyone been saying? Labor shortages, labor shortages, labor shortages. And you know, how do you fix labor shortages? Hike wages, you hike wages. What does that lead to? Wage inflation, you know, it's a huge spiral. Then it gets has to get passed on to me and you, and we end up paying higher prices. Then people start to notice higher prices, and everything's more expensive. You get this inflationary, inflationary spiral to the upside. And so, one thing that I wanted to talk about in here um, with this whole uh, unemployment rate falling is that the way you calculate uh, unemployment rate is you know the labor force divided by you know the actual people that are are unemployed. The labor force fell in May by 53,000 people and the labor force is basically people who are working uh who are actively looking for jobs in the past 4 weeks. So that actually went down. So less people are are saying like no, I'm done. I'm not looking for a job anymore. I'm just going to take unemployment. And so that's why this whole people are going, oh, well, that's that's good that the unemployment rate fell from 6.1 to 5.8. No, the you know the labor force participation rate went down, thus distorting the numbers. And so that's just a, a, something that I thought was crazy. One thing I want to talk about too, in like the whole like labor numbers, you know, we added 550,000 jobs. We're like, all right, that's cool, but you know, manufacturing workers only up by 23,000 after falling by 32,000 in April. 
and we're, we're 500,000 uh, jobs lower than we were in February 2020. And, you know, that's a huge problem because, you know, what do, what do um, manufacturers do, you know, during, you know, like a, uh, inflate, you know, a recession? Well, you know, they try to automate, you know, replace these workers. And ever since seven, in the 70s in the U.S., you've seen manufacturing jobs just go down the pooper. And we, you know, we just don't want to, you know, pay these high labor costs. And I mean, yeah, sure, it makes sense. But like that is that is like a very, very bad sign for the economy. It very shows that the economy is super weak. Another thing that I want to that I want to go over is looking at like leisure versus hospitality workers versus manufacturing. I mean, the le- the rebound in leisure and hospitality has been, you know, it we're still down significantly from where we were in twenty nineteen. Do not get me wrong, but you know, I should say beginning of twenty twenty. But if you go look at you know the manufacturing recovery, you haven't really seen any. And if you look at this you know leisure hospitality recovery, you know we're still you know where we you know where we were about like 2011, 2013 levels. Okay, so the job market is extremely extremely weak and soft. And you know there there are these weird phenomena phenomena labor labor shortages. You know. <laughs> And you can attribute this to, you know, a lot of things. You know, a lot of people, you know, there's a stat I have up in front of me. 1.7 million people retired early uh, who wouldn't have retired. You know, whether, whether why, you know, we don't know why that is. So basically, like, people, you know, and, and I could just make all this money, you know, sell off all my stocks. Um, you know, because the market's been going, like, create up, like, by a bunch. And, or I could just go on unemployment. I have a bunch of money saved up. I don't want to work anymore. And so those people are not coming back into the labor force and you know they don't want to get a get a job um working and so you have this whole you have this huge issue of like there's people who could be working but they don't want to work anymore but the i don't know why that is and so it's creating this you know squeeze on labor and you know people are doing everything they can to get high, like higher workers and it's just what what's going to lead to is higher prices um it's going to lead to higher prices because the only way you can fix it is to hike wages. And so I thought it was really, really interesting. I'm going to go look at the bond yields over here. You look at the uh, third year to was down six basis points. 20 year down six basis points. So 30 year at two spot two four, 20 year two spot one six, 10 year one spot five six, down seven basis points. Five years down, uh, what's that? Six basis points, a spot seven eight, seven year one spot two three, down seven basis points. One month bill was up one basis point, but we did reverse repo, you know, close to the record. Um, 483 billion with 46 CPs. Show last 25 operations. <sighs> Sorry, 42 counterparties. You know, that's up from 479 with 40 counterparties, okay? So this whole reverse repo thing is not going away. Um, and, you know, the one month, one year rate actually went up one basis point, but the two year came down two basis points. So what, I, what I'm trying to say here is the bond market is interpreting this, uh, you know, this labor shortage or you know these this miss on the labor and the employment numbers as you know a slow slow growth for the economy, and so people are going to want lower rates. And you know, yeah, I think you know that's a accurate assessment. But one thing I think that they have wrong is. You know, if you're going to see through that and go, okay, well, what is this going to cause? Well, this is going to cause wages to go up for workers, correct? Correct. They're like, because that's the only way you're going to be able to attract people. And so 
once you start raising, you know, uh, the wages for people, then the prices are going to get passed on to the consumer. And, you know, that's when you start getting some sticky inflation. So I'm surprised they took a hit this this badly. Uh, well, I mean, the yield, the bond prices went up. Yields went down. You know, it was a great day for TLT. Um, great day for gold. As we know, yields are going down. Um, so that's good for gold. You know, looking at the real rates here, five years down. Uh, five basis points to negative spot 08. 20 years down, six basis points to negative spot 31. 10 years up. Um, what is that? Five basis points to negative spot eight four seven year was up four basis points to spot uh to negative spot one negative one spot two six and the five year was down four basis points to negative spot one seven six. So I mean I we'll see how they trade this week, but you know I think it was a very very sharp negative reaction uh, uh in the yields. But you know people were buying bonds, and I think that uh, you know that whole idea was a little flawed. You know, if we're looking at the NASDAQ, I guess I didn't even recap the market, but S&P was up 88 bips. The NASDAQ was up like 1.4%, I think. Composite. Yeah, 1.47%. You know, it's just because yields are going down. People are like, oh my gosh, well, like, let's flock to technology. Um, yeah, I think it's the wrong, definitely the wrong um, interpretation of the report. Um, but, you know, we'll continue to monitor it. So I just want to report on that. Next thing I want to report on is the G7 nations agreeing on new rules for taxing global companies. So basically, the big boys, the G7, uh, you know, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, UK, US, agreed that they would pay a minimum tax, corporates, uh, you know, businesses should pay a minimum tax rate of at least 15% in each of the countries which they operate. And, you know, whatever, my... I'm, Whatever. My my biggest pet peeve here is just like, you know, you're having the biggest countries meeting to say, you know, we're going to agree on a minimum tax rate for all the businesses. And I just think it, you know, it, it destroys economic growth, number one. And then, you know, bring it just it, it's like um, it's a threat on freedom. It's a threat on freedom. And, you know, I'm I'm a big free market capitalist kind of guy. That's like just my point of view. But uh <laughs> I mean, trying to just take away money from the corporation you know, because, like, you know, we because everyone runs high, super high deficits, and they're trying to make more money off the businesses. I mean, that's going to impede growth. And the fact that you have like a centralized power, a centralized group, you know, organizing, conspiring, conspiring against these businesses to you know get a 50, minimum fifteen percent tax rate. I mean, I just think it's dumb because you know it will ruin a company's competitive advantage. Number one, and and, and number two, it's just like. Who like I thought it's like you know it it gives this whole like idea of this one world government, and you know I'm not even getting into conspiracy or anything here. I just like I'm not a fan of it. I think it's um a very poor poor decision, dark day, uh, for free market capitalism, and you know just you know showing <laughs> that you know we are in this whole kind of command economy. Um, you know, we're centralized powers, you know, the government controls everything and there is no, and there will be no innovation, no economic growth. And you can go look at the, uh, I think it's the congressional budget office, their, uh, projections for growth, you know, late 2020s, it's all like 1.5% growth every year. So that it's just sad. And, you know, high taxation and, you know, you know, getting all these, uh, countries to agree to come together to form a minimum tax rate is, no bueno. Um, 
you know, leads me back to, you know, is Yellen just smoking? Maybe. But, I mean, I think what the signals is, you know, they're going to let inflation run hot in order to, you know, take money out of our pockets and pay down the debt. I mean, it baffles me. It really baffles me. Um, going over this reverse repo, you know, we hit a record of $483 billion of 42 counterparties. One thing I want to talk about uh, there is there's too much cash in the system, clearly. I mean, we got real rates almost going, I mean, short rates, T-bills almost going negative. But why is it is it a too much cash and we have too much cash and we don't have enough collateral, we don't have enough treasuries. And if the and if you know the big banks don't have enough that's way too much cash, but they don't have enough collateral, you know, that is a serious, serious financial stability issue. Um, you know, what happened to Lehman? They didn't have enough collateral uh, on their, you know, garbage mortgage backed securities went under bear stearns you know almost led to the collapse of the whole financial system pretty much you know they, the government had to bail everyone out and right now you know i've said <laughs> avoid banks at all costs people go the banks are in the best um financial uh, situation ever you know i i beg i beg to differ um and you know even if there is too much it's like where is all this cash going to go that you have locked up in the banking system it's gonna if it goes into the real economy, you know that that is hyperinflation, um, and you know if there's not enough collateral, not enough treasuries, then people are like, okay, well then we'll just issue up a, a bunch of debt. But why why would the banks want to buy our debt if uh, you know we're not gonna be able to repay it? So anyway, that is just something I wanted to take a time to like shed shed, shed some light on because you know that is a serious um, risk to the economy that no one's talking about. Next thing I want to talk about before before I end this podcast is uh just the p price earnings ratios p ratios are like the prices of derating you know deteriorating quite a bit if you look at the p e ratio we peaked out over in well i guess we peaked out summer of twenty summer of twenty twenty at twenty three point two times uh but you know but like recently we peaked out at twenty six point six uh twenty two point six times um it was back in the beginning of mid-march and now we're at 21.3 times or earnings and basically what this is showing you is if the price of earnings is going down you know the quality the quality of these stocks is going down why does s&p continue to continue to go up i mean it's the market is dislocating from fundamentals and so it's only a matter of time where, where this these you know numbers catch up with the real data um because if you're adjusting PE for inflation, it's negative. It's below zero. But no one understands how crazy this inflation is and that we're living through it right now. People go, oh, it's it's transitory. It's not real. Uh, I beg to differ. Pull up some, char- some charts. And, you know, we got Morgan Stanley over here saying that we're going to have a 15, 10 to 15% correction over the next six months. And a lot of their clients are, like, pushing back and saying, heck no, no, we're not. And so the sentiment is still super, super high. People are way too greedy. And, you know, you know how I feel. Dollar cost average SH. Not financial advice, though. But that's like, that's how I feel. That's what I think. And before I get into, you know, going over the uh, stock market data, I want to talk about the president of El Salvador 
tweeting tweeting this out just read this little thread he made um if one so he he's, he's the is it, like i think i don't know if he was at the bitcoin conference but he's talking about bitcoin and one of the main reasons why i love bitcoin and cryptocurrencies is because the financial inclusion the more power to the people taking power away from central government central banks big banks you don't need a, a third party it's just boom to boom um this is why cryptocurrency in africa is popping off you know one one exchange called like Pam, Pamflux, I believe. Um, I could I could double check for you. I, I want to get my facts right. Okay, I'll go back here. It's called um, Paxful. Um, you know their biggest tra- like traffic, and I mean traffic. You know uh, amount of tra- trades done on their platform came from Nigeria last month. Okay. So it's showing, and you know, what does Africa have? Well, that Zimbabwe, crazy hyperinflation. You know, they've been plagued a lot, plagued by you know just, um, you know, corruption in the governments, and you know what does that lead to? You know, terrible, terrible currencies, weak economies, X, Y, Z. But a lot of these people do not have bank accounts, okay, and a lot of their payment systems are digital, and so they're actually really getting close to adopting Bitcoin. So I'm gonna, without further ado, I'm just going to read this guy's tweet, and this is why I think you need to be looking at Bitcoin. And everyone does. And, and it, you know, whatever your allocation is, I'm not going to give you, like, an allocation here. You know, I'm not a financial advisor. not giving out, like, recommendations. But, I mean, you know, I think that people should look into it. And people are really, really, really naive when it comes to crypto and Bitcoin and don't want to take the time to learn about it. Because, if you know, if you educate yourself about it, you know, take a day. And, I mean, you got you to gotta read a lot and learn a lot. It's a, it's a technology it's a technology for the future and there's very, a lot of real world practical use applications not just bitcoin but blockchain itself so i'm gonna read this now bitcoin has a market cap of 680 billion dollars if one percent of it is invested in el salvador that would increase our gdp by 25 percent on the other side bitcoin will have 10 million potential new users to the fastest growing transfer of six billion dollars a year in remittances Besides, a chunk of those $6 billion is lost to intermediaries. By using Bitcoin, the amount received by more than a million low-income families will increase the equivalent of billions of dollars every year. This improves lives in the future of millions. Furthermore, 70% of El Salvador's population doesn't have a ba- uh, bank account and, the work of the informal, and work in the informal economy. Financial inclusion is not morally imperative, but also a way to grow the country's economy, providing access to credit, savings, investments, and secure transactions. We hope that this decision will be just the beginning in providing a uh, space where some of the leading innovators can reimagine the future of finance, potentially helping out billions around the world. So basically, uh, what he did was he said uh, they can, in, uh, I believe it's Nicaragua. No, it's El Salvador. Sorry, I'm El Salvador. Sorry, El Salvador. Um, you can, Bitcoin is now legal tender. But El Salvador president pushes a bill to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. And so if this is happening in El Salvador, you know, the whole idea about Bitcoin is Metcalf's law. You know, if all these people get added to the network, the price of Bitcoin, the value of the network will increase um, exponentially. You know, 10 million new users. Um, do the math yourself. All I'm saying is, you know, there, there, are, very, there are lots of practical applications to this technology and People should not discount it. Call it FUD. I love Peter Schiff. He's a very smart man. I love gold and I love silver because, you know, it's real money. But, you know, Bitcoin, just a little bit of exposure, I mean, it could go a long way. So, uh, 
Yep, yep, yep. Let's get into the market news, market recap. I mean, I was not really watching the market too much. So, yields were down. The dollar got hit hard, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure UUP. Yep, down 37 basis points. We've given back all those gains from the other day. But, uh, so that's going to be good for equities. We know that, right? And it's going to be good for gold. Not good for my my uh, tre- my treasury shorts, but it's no biggie because you know we you know long term trades six months out. So Dow Jones up fifty two basis points, S and P up eighty eight. Looking at the GDX up one point three four percent, we're at thirty eight sixty eight. If GDX, I hope it goes back down to thirty seven, then I'll start loading up again on my gold miners. But until then, whatever. USO on the week, you know, having a great week. Uh, we're up from 45.91 on Monday to 47.26, up 62 basis points today. Um, you know, oil just keeps plugging along, plugging and chugging higher and higher. Um, you know, I, it's inflation. That's an instant inflation. Uh, XLF was up 26 basis points, but I mean, it doesn't make sense to me when you know you saw the yields get clobbered. So whatever. I know the the regional banks were down. You know, technology. Yields getting hit hard. It's gonna be great for tech. Up 1.92%. TLT beasting out here today. Up 1.39%. I'm not touching it. <laughs> I don't want that garbo. Uh, XLE up 67 basis points. Tesla high flying tech name is going to be up a lot because the the yields up 4.58%. Marijuana down 1.54%. The 2106. You know the agriculture stocks my favorite. Just well futures I guess the price of corn, price of corn, wheat, price of soybeans, all beasting. Wheat up 1.6%, soybeans up 1.5%, and the corn up 3.23%. Corn just doesn't want to stop going up. Uh, PAVE, the infrastructure index, up 30 bips. ARC FinTech up 1.35%. You know, it's tech combined with a little bit of finance. Going to be doing well with the you know, yields taking a little bit of a breather, well, taking a massive hit. Uh, bond prices going up. Copper up 1.74%. You know, dollars down, yields are down. Probably going to be good for commods. Um, Right blockchain up 3.09%. Looking at the Bitcoin price right now, we're at 35,856. You know, seven days, we're down 22 basis points. The past 24 hours, we're up 2.13%. You know, I said I'll buy, I'd be willing to buy Bitcoin at 35, and, you know, it's here. Now, I want to see it go a little bit lower before I buy it. You know, there's some issues with Tether that people are talking about. If those issues come to light, which, you know, you got to do your own research and read about this, Bitcoin could go a lot lower. And, you know, that's just a great buying opportunity because, you know, Bitcoin is still the way to go. But, you know, this tether is kind of a little Ponzi scheme. So just beware about that. J.O., the beast, coffee futures up 2.72%. Gotta love that. AMC down 6.68%. <laughs> After hours down 8% too. GameStop down 3.8%. So AMC is now at 47.91. GME is at 48, uh, 248.36. You know, I got my short on AMC. I'm just sitting tight and uh, watching it. LQD, corporate bonds, you know, if uh, if uh, TLT's up, you know, and all, you know, bond prices are up, corporates are going to be doing well, so up 71 basis points. Uh, the NASDAQ up 1.47%. Russell 2K up 31 basis points. Um, you know, the 10-year is down 4%. The uh, 30-year down 2%, and the 5-year down 7%. So, interesting moves there. Uh, looking at ARC, you know, ARC Innovation is going to be up a good amount because, you know, yields are down. It's good for high-flying tech names, up 1.94%. And the regional banks down 17 basis points. Attribute that to lower yields. Uranium just going to be cranking, um, but the dollar lower, yields lower, up 2.96%. 
and uh yeah that's uh pretty much my market recap for the weekend because i uh didn't do my my podcast on friday but uh yeah we'll be back tomorrow to recap the market um thanks for listening